Joe Cashin, the Coastal Carolina play-by-play broadcaster, is on the zone this morning. Joe, good morning. Thanks for coming on. Hey, PK, great to be with you and to talk a little Coastal and BYU football. Yeah. You know, before we get into the specifics of this year's team, and there's a lot to do, take us through the ascension of the program, of where it was just a few years back, what went into the decision to move up, and how they got to this point. You know, we were really good at the FCS level for a bunch of years, and then uh, around 2015, we were kind of looking to move into di- into a different FCS league, and we couldn't really get any takers. And then all of a sudden, kind of out of the blue in the spring of 2015, the Sun Belt kind of comes calling, really. I mean, there's really no other way to put it. They say, hey, look, you know, we'd be interested in having you guys come into the league. And what's your interest? And we're like, <laughs> our administration kind of looked at each other and said, yeah, let's, let's, uh, you know, let's, let's do this. You know, that we might not get an opportunity to, to move our athletics up into, into the FBS realm you know this may be a once in a lifetime kind of shot and so you know september of 2015 comes along and we make the announcement and then we start the transition of course later that year you know in 2016 summer of 2016 is when it became official and the day before it became official was the day that our baseball team won the national championship (laughs) and then so july 1st of 2016 we officially became members of the sundown conference and then the fbs and then we you know, played out our last year of FCS, and then we actually played our first year of, of FBS football in 2017. And, you know, the, the, rough, the rough ride, as it was, you know, the first three seasons to try to get our you know, feet on the ground, 2017, 18, and 19, we didn't have a winning year in any of those seasons. You know, we went three and nine and then five and seven the last two seasons. But, uh, you know, this season has been quite remarkable. I, I knew that we would be better this year. We were really close last year as a five and seven team, but we just couldn't quite get over the hump. This year, we've gotten over the hump and then some. You know, we turned a lot of those close losses last season into wins, big wins this year, and boy, it's just been an amazing, amazing ride and a crazy upside down season. But uh, you know, here we are, all, all, you know, nine and zero, and ready to take on another great football team tomorrow, also at nine and zero. So I spent a week in Myrtle Beach once, and I. Uh went by your campus and all that and familiar a little bit with the area as this program has risen up uh, look at it as far as being able to sustain it what is the recruiting base like that they can draw players to the program we sort of recruit all over that was coach Moglia's I was kind of his mo but I think with you know Jamie Chadwell is now in charge I think we're kind of we're, we're trying to focus on the southeastern part of the United States. I mean, we'll, we'll go get guys from anywhere. I mean, we've, you know, we've gotten some commitments from guys from, you know, like you know, from Illinois not too long ago. You know, I mean, we've got guys that, are, you know, that can come over from wherever. I mean, if there's talent out there and we are interested and they are interested in us, and we'll certainly, you know, you know try to, you know, go, go get those people. But, I mean, a lot, of, a lot of talent in South and North Carolina. You know, the Carolinas have a lot of talent, Virginia, Georgia, Florida. Alabama, this, this part of the world has a lot of G5 kind of talent, and we want to try to keep a lot of those kids in this area. I mean, recruiting to the beach is something else. I mean, who wouldn't want a ball at the beach? You know, that's, that's our recruiting theme. You know, ball at the beach, come and have a good time, get a great education at a great institution. And, uh, you know, our recruiting has really kind of picked up along those lines in the last couple of years, knowing that, you know, Coastal has a lot to offer. And now that we've got a 
we've got a nationally ranked football team. You know, I mean, there's a lot of things, a lot of good things going on at Coastal in terms of going out and, and finding that talent and trying to mine that talent, you know, here in the, in the southeastern part of the United States. I know that Dustin Johnson thought it was a good place to play golf, right? <laughs> That's the golf capital of the world, Horry County and Myrtle Beach in this area. I couldn't be prouder of DJ. I mean, he was a, a Big South champion back when we were in the Big South Conference. And obviously, you know, number one player in the world, just won the green jacket. I mean, he's just he's just been phenomenal. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's uh, what, what what an ambassador that we have to, to you know, be able to call on him. And, and he, you know, uh, represent the university the way that he has. So, yeah, I mean, DJ is phenomenal. Joe Cashin, play-by-play announcer for the Coastal Carolina football program. Uh, talk about this year's team, and obviously quarterback is always central to a team's success. There's uh, a couple of numbers that really jump out at me when I look at Grayson McCall's statistics. One would be one interception, which is phenomenal, and then only seven sacks, which, I mean, obviously that's less than one a game. So that speaks to his ability with the one interception, but the offensive line's ability, I would think it speaks to them, too, with less than one sack per game. Could you speak to those two numbers? Absolutely. You know, the one interception, he made a, a bad read against Arkansas State and tried to go over the middle, back kind of against his body, kind of into try to fit it into a window that just wasn't there and had it picked. Now, on, you know, to be honest, he's had a couple that, that probably should have been intercepted, one against Louisiana and the one against App. But, hey, those guys didn't make the play. So he has that one interception all year. But really, those are about the three worst throws that he's made, and only one got picked. But you mentioned the offensive line, and, yeah, these guys have done a terrific job. You know, Loper and Lampkin, Thompson, Carter, and Badosky, they're not the biggest guys in the world. <laughs> I mean, they're going to go up against a big BYU front tomorrow, but they have done a great job of protecting Grayson and opening ways for that running game to get untracked. And Grayson does a really nice job, too, of not just standing in one spot. He'll move around. He'll climb the pocket. He'll move you know, side to side if he has to, depending on where the pressure's coming from. So he is, he's pretty good about being able to maneuver himself in and out of trouble, mostly out of trouble. So, I mean, his pocket presence for a redshirt freshman is, is really off the charts. I mean, it's, <laughs> knew that he was going to be a good one, but this early – didn't know he, you know, he would be quite as good as he's been this season. It's it, it really been fun to watch him play this year. So they got three running backs, uh, all over 300 yards, led by a thousand-yard rusher and C.J. Marable, almost uh, 600 yards. When I say thousand yards, that's last year, and so uh, we'll see if he can get it. You know, I looked at the stats of last game against Texas State because that's the common opponent. <clears throat> Interestingly, that BYU and Coastal have had in common, and the score was almost virtually identical. Now, I understand mm-hmm. that game down in Texas was played in a big-time rainstorm, so they ran the ball extensively. What do you expect offensively the game plan to be against the Cougars? I expect the game plan to be kind of what we've done all year. You know, it's try to run the triple out of a two-back set, which we like to do a lot, and then spread it out. You know, I hope we can hope we can get the numbers right in the box to be able to do the things that we want to do. You mentioned C.J. Marable, and he had a season-high 157 last week at Texas State, and, yeah, it was miserable. <laughs> oh, it was miserable down there. It just poured all day. But, I mean, not, I think that kind of worked to our advantage because we were able to grind them out, you know, get the, uh, get the running game untracked, and, and hopefully we can do that. Hopefully we can keep – 
you know, Zach Wilson and this offense off the field. I mean, you know, you talk about numbers that just jump off the jump off the stat sheet. I mean, they just scream at you what these guys have done all year offensively. And our our MO really, I, I would think tomorrow is to try to keep the ball. You know, win time of possession decisively. Run Jamie Chadwell football, which is grind out first down after first down. You know, with that running game, have Grayson timely in the passing game, being able to go down the field some, but. All in all, just trying to keep that BYU offense off the field, and, and hopefully it'll work out for us. We can get the option game going, get CJ on track, get Reese and Shamari Jones, you know our other two backs that you mentioned, get those guys on track a little bit, and again play keep away, you know, and and score and score enough to win at the end. Uh, he spreads the ball around too in the throw game, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, and we we kind of took some hits and at wide receiver in preseason, but the guys that, that are playing the wide out position right now have really done a good job and, and Javon Hiley, Sam Denmark, Cam Brown, Greg Latushko is great on third downs. Kind of a you know a slot kind of guy that he'll we'll just sneak him out there. Next thing you know he's wide open and Grayson does a really good job of finding that wide open guy, going through his progressions and being able to stay patient in that pocket like I talked about a minute ago and just be you know be able to spread the ball around. And then Isaiah Likely, who's a tight end for us, really is not a tight end. I mean, he's a matchup nightmare. So hopefully we can get him in some mismatches down the field and, and have Grayson, you know, get him in a couple of big play situations. Joe Cashin, the Coastal Carolina play-by-play broadcaster, is joining us right here on The Zone. Now, you mentioned Zach Wilson. I mean, he is just having a phenomenal season, all sorts of publicity. Uh, he's playing at, obviously, the best level he's played at. Uh, they've got big play capability. They like to strike, particularly like early. We've seen that they like to go deep, uh, stretch the defense immediately, send the message that we can get behind you. Uh, you know, I haven't watched all the games. I did watch Kansas because that was at the beginning, and I didn't know what kind of college football we were going to get. So I fe- felt like, man, it's college football now. I better watch it because who knows what's going to be down the line. So I saw that exactly. game. I, I saw that game, and I'm, I'm wondering uh, defensively. You know, Kansas isn't a good program, so I don't know what I could draw from that. Uh, anything that uh, in the schedule, whether it's Louisiana, Appalachian State, that you can compare to what BYU's been able to do offensively? Yeah, you can't glean a lot from Kansas. I mean, they're just not very good, and we had our way with them. But you mentioned Louisiana and App. I mean, Louisiana was ranked at the time we beat them, and we're going to see them again in two weeks in the Sunbelt Championship game. They play tonight against Appalachian. I'm going to be interested to watch that. But, I mean, you know, Schedules are what they are, you know. I mean, I, I don't, I don't know that I really get into a lot of okay. They played a bunch of teams of this kind of overall record, or this team has played a bunch of teams of that kind of record. I mean, this season kind of is what it is. You just had to find opponents, you know, when you can get them, and that's what BYU has done. I think they've done a phenomenal job of just going out and finding games, you know, getting games when they can in this crazy year, like you talked about. You know, get college football when you can, but you know. I don't know. I, the, the, the scores, I mean, I don't care how bad or good teams really are. I mean, you beat people 55-3, to three, and I, I, I watched that Navy game, and I remember thinking, wow, that BYU bunch, they're pretty doggone good. I mean, Navy's not really that bad, I didn't think. But holy mackerel, you look at these scores, 45-14 over La Tech, you know, put it on Texas State, whip Boise State, and Boise like that? I mean, I, I'm like, whoa, and Boise was ranked at the time? That's one that really jumps out at you, too. So, you know, I – 
comparing scores and all that kind of stuff, really, it just comes down to who plays better on Saturday, honestly. We'll, we'll see. So, I'm sure you've seen that if Zach Wilson has time, forget it. I mean, he's just at the top of oh, his yeah. game. The receivers are really yeah. good. Got some yeah. good running backs. They're going to be able to get pressure on him. <laughs> you know, that's like the thousand dollar question. Honestly, I was talking with our coach last night, and he was kind of wondering about that too. That was kind of one of the, our concerns. You know, can we, with our down three or down four guys, get there against guys that go six six three hundred? You know, six five three hundred, six five three ten, six seven three zero two. I mean, we haven't faced any size like that anywhere close to that all year. Can we get there with our, you know, all all conference and probably defensive player of the year, Teron Jackson? Can we get there with him? Can we get there with CJ Brewer, who had fourteen tackles against the outstanding app team a couple of weeks ago? Can Jeff Gunner, our bandit, get there? Who's been a a huge plus coming back for us this year? I, that's going to be the thing. I mean, if we have to start blitzing people. You know, I'm not not really excited about that. We've got to figure out a way to get pressure and, and move him around or get him uncomfortable back there with with our our down four guys. You know, four or five guys that we're going to bring. We'll see. You know, that's it's, it's certainly a huge challenge to go up against this BYU front and to try to get some pressure on Wilson. So we've had game day game day here down at BYU. I think <clears throat> once up at University of Utah. You know, and they're only separated by about 40, 45 miles, so we're in the same media market. And it has been just, the community has been just so excited. Now, with this COVID situation, how is the game day going to play out in Conway? That's a good question. You know, we'll we'll see tomorrow. Now, <clears throat> excuse me, we, we're going <coughs> to, speaking of, Speaking of getting the call for that right there, we're, we're going to have fans in the stands tomorrow, probably about 5,000. <clears> and they, they made a bunch of noise in that app game. Our people are really excited about this. I mean, they're, they're, they're going to come out whether they can get into the stadium or not remains to be seen. Now, I think we're going to open the baseball field, which is right behind the football stadium. We'll have to see. And then we're going to open that up to let some fans go in there and watch it on the big screen. But, I mean, our, our community has really rallied around this thing and <clears throat> there's teal everywhere. You know, they're excited about having game day in town, and, and they want to make a, a big statement. And I think it's huge for our community. And, and hopefully, again, our fans will show up. Hopefully they'll make a bunch of noise like they did a couple of weeks ago and, and, and make it a great atmosphere, as good as it can be in this you know, COVID world that we live in right now. If we can sell 20,000 tickets because that's what we hold, We'd sell them out easy. I mean, BYU would have a bunch of people there, and we would have a bunch of people there too. But you know, it is what it is. If people are excited, and uh, and we'll see. Yeah, you know, usually with game day, they have that celebrity guest picker who has a local tie. Do you think it? You think they're going to give DJ a call? Ah, uh, they they could. I mean, now we've got several people that uh, that could slip in there and and, and fill that void and, and do the the guest picking kind of thing. You know, we've got a. An all-pro defensive back and Josh Norman, you know, who's, who's still playing in the league. He could sure. be the guy. You know, we could have Mike Tolbert. He could be the guy. He played in the league as well, and you know, several other alumni out there. We'll just we'll just have to see. I'll be interested to see who who that celebrity guest picker is going to be for us. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> well, it's certainly a great game that's come up so quick, but this is a crazy world in which we live. And there's a lot of excitement out here 2,000 miles away to see what the Cougars can do because they want the New Year's Day six bid. Coastal Carolina wants respect. So I think that kind of, you know, nobody believes in us type of card. I think that sort of washes each other out because both these programs are striving. This is a phenomenal opportunity. Thanks for joining us, Joe. We really appreciate it. All right, PK. Thanks for having me on. And uh, look forward to a big one tomorrow.